Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello! And welcome to the AEW Collision Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture. Join my little one at Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this weekend's episode of AEW Collision. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Collision, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup that we complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Sidgwick to review AEW Collision, another fun show. Really, really, really strong. Um, Collision continues to just be a wonderful Saturday night vibe, something warming, like a refreshing in-ring palette, um, even something that I anticipated being good, but very much of a stripe that I've seen a lot of. I'm talking about that trio's main event. Spoiler alert, I genuinely had so much fun with it. I thought it was so well done. Yeah, um, really, really, really great. Yeah, my concern a while back, and especially on weekends like this when we also had uh, NXT Vengeance Day, for example, was I was going to get the real... Oh, Sunday Night Rampage vibes. Of, I've got to watch this, yeah. but I'm going to kind of get it out of the way. But, um, yeah, from the moment this show started, I was ah, oh, there we go. Yeah. I'm into it. And you got promos as well. Um, or despite the vibe killer that came <laughs> immediately after the opening match, what a bellend Brian Danielson is. Just, oh, I mean, brilliant. Yeah. But, yeah. Let, well, we'll talk about it, what happened now, because it was Brian Keith, big news for him in a second, uh, taking on uh, Eddie Kingston in a proving ground match. Um, I just wrote major strike exchange at the start because they just swung for yeah. the fences with each other, chops and strikes and what have you. And it looked like they were going for, yeah, knockout shots fr- straight out of the gate. Um, and then it, it was Brian Keith that, that got the advantage in that. Well, you wouldn't really, you know, Keith's obviously had a great showing on a variety of different AW TVs. But um, yeah, you'd bet, money on, on Eddie Kingston here, but no, he hit a jumping knee, that sent Kingston to the floor and he sent him into the barricade uh, elbow strikes, but he get caught, got caught with a belly to belly suplex, takes to break, we come back uh, Keith comes back with a headbutt that sends Kingston to the floor um, Kingston tries to get back in, he gets booted out there again, Keith hits a cannonball a Yakuza kick, a Northern Lights bomb for a near fall, uh, tries for the Tiger Driver, gets hit with an exploded suplex instead, but he comes back with one of his own and hits the Tiger Driver for a nice near fall. Um, seems like Kingston's weathered the storm when he comes back with a back fist, but then Keith just nails him with a uh, rising knee. Kingston hits back with a Saito suplex for a two count, puts Keith in a sleeper hold, DDT, Keith kicks out, 
comes back, palm strikes, uh, but a second Hurricane uh, gets Eddie Kingston the victory. Um, and they were putting him over in commentary. I sense they knew what was coming, obviously. But in terms of a match that you're going to show someone before you declare to the audience, this person is all elite, as Tony Schiavone did afterwards. And it looked like <laughs> Brian Keith had been made aware of this until it actually happened. No, that's which was nice. That often do this. Lovely. Um, yeah, I just thought was, this was a great showing for, for Keith. This was an excellent, excellent match. I said it on the preview. Not the kind of thing I was going to really anticipate count down the days to see, but I knew it would deliver on the night, and it probably over-delivered. I think that I talk a lot about how long back-and-forth matches have reached a sort of peak for me generally. Mm. But this worked by going longer than I thought because, again, it was just really well-judged. It didn't seem to go long for the sake of it. It felt like, hang on, the longer this is going, could they... Mm. When I was locked in that moment of suspended disbelief, I thought, the longer this goes the more chance Eddie Kingston has of losing that title. Mm. Obviously, the rational part of your brain gets parked when the action's so great, and it was here. One minor bit of critique. Uh, and, you know, he's not been on national TV long, um, and he'll probably learn. I had a similar critique about Daniel Garcia when he was first starting to go um, work on television a lot. The facials on Brian Keith, I think you could do with turning it down yeah. a little bit. But you'll get there. He wants to impress, so he's probably going to overact a little bit. And he's, so, doing it, he's used to doing it to the back of the room. Indeed, as to, indeed. Yeah. So I think the facials will improve over time. It's a little bit on the nose and a bit much for me right now. But yet again, and I'm not saying I was ahead of this. I'm just saying I'm recognizing it now. The whole point, and like loads of people echoed this. It was like the prevailing narrative at one point. Eddie Kingston is the best underdog in wrestling. He seems like the, one of the better guys involved in the industry. It would be perfect were he to win the AW World title and lose it to reheat MJF to get him over his heel all the more because you've taken the guy's big moment away from him. No, Eddie Kingston's a fantastic wrestling champion. Mm. He's not just the best challenger ever, the best transitional champion in, like, elect ever. He is such a great wrestling champion against Trent... He did this great job of being the nasty, like, incredible, dominant champion who survives a late scare but knows how to win. This was very much gets blown away throughout virtually the entire match, is on the back foot, and then, like a champion does, just gets that last-minute winner. Gets himself up off the canvas. Yeah. Yeah. That last-minute winner of this team's getting blown away, but great champions always find a way to win. Like I'm, I shouldn't be surprised because he's a genius at the Eddie Kingston. But the way he's just instantly grasped the role of being a big time champion in wrestling, so much so that I mean, I don't even want these belts to exist. Realistically, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't. If the international title exists, I don't want this title to exist. I don't even want an international title to exist when there's a world title. I mean, this, these are problems. Mm. And yet, in Eddie Kingston's hand, in Kingston's hands, they don't feel like You're problems. right, and it factored into my thinking watching this match because I was sat there as this went on, and I thought, I think I'd already seen the news about, about Brian Keith. Congratulations to him, obviously, more yes. deserved. Well um, deserved. He's been great every single time. Yeah, uh, another one of those guys. I was like, for my shame, I didn't know a lot about him. First time I saw him, I was like, this guy's awesome. Um, yeah, in fact... Like AR Fox. A bit like AR, I mentioned that. <laughs> um, and, but it, it factored in because, because it was a proving ground match. And my brain's going, well, the rankings came out last week. Yes. 
And all the top five you can attribute to all the champions not named Eddie Kingston. I was like, well, if you need someone to, to yeah, build yeah. up for a pay-per-view or even a big, just a big TV title defense, why not this out of a... Shocked him once. Yeah. He wasn't ready for him, and he, or he thought he could just do his style and get away with it. Anyway, afterwards, Kingston, lovely bloke that he is, uh, he uh, puts over Tony Schiavone's wife um, and says, no, 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 talk to him. Another continuation of something I don't like. Mm. I understand on this night, of course, he's going to be the magnanimous champion, and we've got some great news for Brian Keith. But, you know, don't have a gimmick of your best promo in the company now that MGF is on hiatus, don't have his gimmick be, I don't want to cut promos. No. It's stupid. Tonight was an exception. I'm not going to bring out grumpy Eddie Kingston just yet. Yeah. But, uh, teetering towards that. Yeah, lovely moment. Uh, uh, Brian Keith's all elite, and just as he's having the moment, another that sh- play my music, Brian Danielson comes out. And, yeah, you know, Keith doesn't mind because he gets the, the congratulations from Daniel, he gets the arm raised. But even Kingston's like, you couldn't just let him have yeah. this, really, right now? They're just telling another... a really nice economical story between Kingston and Danielson. Yeah. Again, it's not like Paige Omega. It's not MJF Punk. It's not like one of these incredibly intricate, where's it going next week? You've lost then, but how do you get to that? It's nothing like that, which is really nice use of TV time to tell this really simple but effective story. It is, and one of those matches you could, you know, a bit like... In the good old days where you're like, well, I, if you ask me what the pay-per-view is going to be in a month or two's time, I can probably tell you four or five, six yeah. matches, but they just haven't announced it yet as a, in comparison to a, an Orange Cassidy Roderick Strong, for example. Uh, John Moxley cuts a promo backstage on Dynamite that we see here regarding the CMLL guys. Um, he said uh, it reminded him of the night in the drunk tank, tank in Laredo. Um, BCC had no reason to disrespect the CMLLS uh, wrestlers, but they came into his house and they disrespected him. They thought they were lazy Americans like those guys on the Europe channel. They're wrong. Um, you better hope that we don't show up to your house and there's going to be a big blow-off, obviously, on Dynamite. Well, potentially not the blow-off. Blow off, but well, they're, yes, they're teasing the fact that they're going to go to Arena Mexico. Yes. Oh, uh, please. Um, and it was fed into by this next technical classic. It was Brian Danielson versus Hechicero. Learned it in the, over the weekend. Um, and as Hamlet's pointed out, and he asked us earlier on today whether or not this was worth checking out, because all he'd seen was Hedges Era coming out with a big rock on fire or something. He was like, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Uh, it was a great entrance. Um, and they just, it's just a technical chess match early on, and forehead to forehead and uh, matching leg locks. Um, Hedges Era catches Danielson in a pin for a near fall early on. Danielson's like, right, Romero special surfboard, you know. Uh, and Hedgesero's like, no, here's how you do it. And he rolls. McGuinness as well. It's hardly yes. an insight because everyone put this over, but it was just such great hypocrisy. <laughs> um, yeah, he loves it when one of them does it and not the other. Um, Danielson goes for a top rope Frankensteiner. Hedgesero turns into a sunset flip for a near fall uh, and hit a le- guillotine leg drop to Hera, I think is the way it was, oh, this is awesome. described. Uh, and then he spun Daniels into, into a choke. Daniels was like, where's the ropes? Yeah. Um, so Danielson vaults over him, tries to make a comeback, but Hedgesero hits a step-up drop kick and a rising knee that looked great as well. Um, goes to the top rope. Danielson knocks him down with a headbutt. He goes to the diving headbutt, but Hedgesero catches him, arm bars him, and then transitions that into a pin. Just liquid wrestling. Yeah. Danielson gets caught with a choke over the ropes from Hechicero, sends Danielson out to the floor. Superman dive, uh, springboard dive in the ring, but Danielson catches Hechicero with a double underhook transition into the label lock. 
Head to toe, I was like, right, get out of that. Uh, and I don't know what the submission was. I have no, no idea. No, it, it looked awesome, though. Pretzel. That's what I'm calling it. Um, again, that Danielson just has to... Where's the bloody ropes? Does the setup for the kick, or does the middle bit of the kicks, and then goes for the head kick, and Hedgesero catches it and hits a spinning hammerlock backbreaker. Where? I thought it felt a bit flat. Mm. No, just feel like the impact wasn't clean. Yeah, it kind of like, just kind of, kind of looked like he felt the canvas grazing his knee on the way down. Um, Danielson manages to avoid the rising knee, though, and hits a dragon screw. Goes for the Busaiku knee. Hedgesero reverses it into a pinfall for a two-count. Puts him in submission, but Danielson steals one, effectively. Turns it into a pin, gets the one, two, three. Hedgesero jumps him after the match until Claudio chases him off. I thought this was excellent. I also thought that that, mo- that move I pointed out where it was like kind of a convoluted setup into a backbreaker, but Danielson looked like he kind of just slunk to the mat by way of his knee rather than getting it looked like... It didn't be that U-shape, yes. like, oh, God. That moment, and maybe one or two others, there was the slightest, tiniest bit of awkwardness surrounding it where it was like, these two are wrestling very much for the first time. So I had two conflicting thoughts on this match, which was like genuinely great on the whole. One, it was so refreshing, so competitive, with moves I'd never seen before. And Danielson gave him so much where I genuinely thought there could be the upset here. Mm-hmm. It was so refreshing and well worked for the most part and so different, especially when I've had my problems that I've spoken about at length about how uh, homogenized a lot of modern US pro wrestling is, mm-hmm. that this was just such a breath of fresh air. I could have watched them go for an hour. Yeah, Genuinely, I was so into just how different and competitive and well-worked it was. At the same time, I think they only began to scratch the surface of what they could do together. A few tiny, tiny moments of maybe awkwardness is harsh, but that's what I felt mm. that I thought they should do this again, two out of three falls. I'd Ooh, like to see them yeah. again now that they're a bit more familiar with one another. Um, is that a show on commentary? Oh, that would be tremendous. <laughs> that would be tremendous. I My thought was... This is great. I know they've got much better in them. And as much as I th- I was a little bit lower than consensus, I think, on this as a result. But, my God, just a bit of a master show from Tony Khan. I think he's recognized that like, I can't matchmake my way out of this malaise. So he's trying to bring back rankings. He's trying to make things mean more. He's trying to go back to the original ethos. And in getting these CMLL guys and potentially doing some Arena Mexico crossover, which is mouth-watering, I think he's trying to find a new way of doing things. Um, so I really think this idea is inspired. I just think they could articulate the idea even better. FDR and Daniel Garcia are backstage with Lexi Nair. Um, she asked if this trio is going to continue after their cage match win last week, of course. Garcia says, yeah, no one saw this coming, but the best things in life you don't see coming. FTR says, um, we didn't make the rankings as a tag team, but we did make it as a trio with Garcia. Uh, They closed a chapter last week against the House of Black, and they're starting a new one tonight against Christian Cage and the Patriarchy. I was very excited for the main event. Um, Very annoyed by what came happen next. Uh, Just real uh, real shame for AEW, just a real dropping in the ball moment because you've got two megastars in there and you've jobbed them out. Ah, no. Some little up-and-comer that's meant to be all that and a bag of chips or whatever it is. The Outrunners. Oh, boys. They got the intro wrong as well. It's like t- Turbo Magnet Truth. Floyd, uh, t- uh, come, give them. Where is their respect? Where's their 
flipping promo. Give them 30... I mean, they'll babyface them immediately, so yeah. I suppose that's understandable. But yeah, it was a two-on-one against Hook, uh, who'd been uh, previewed in the previous match, I think it was, they mentioned he was coming. Um, he chucks them all over the place. They use the numbers advantage at one point and flex, because they've got it. They think they've got it done. Uh, but they turn around after a double suplex and get nailed with a double clothesline, and in the end, uh, Hook caught Turbo Floyd uh, with the submission with the red rum. This felt to me like the weaker aspect of collision where it's televised dark. Yes. And it felt also to me that they're a bit self-conscious and they're trying to prevent criticism of not doing anything with Hook. So the idea is they're doing something with Hook. But not, but not really. Yeah, we sort of previewed this, didn't we? Like, were they going to do something to develop the Brian Cage story a little bit? And it's just a, a straightforward victory. I've worked out what my favourite... Filler, basically. Who I want to be the trio's champions now, especially because one of them's making ill-advised raps on uh, certain wrestling shows yeah, as well. What an idiot that kid is, man. Uh, uh, there's an element of the story that's a little bit sad, but at the same time, I mean, mm. come on. Uh, Dolan Castle and the Outrunners, please. Literally yes. my favourite trio of all time. Um, Mark Briscoe is in the ring Oh my next. god, his promo was so incredible More live in-ring promos yes. On Collision Yes um, Yeah, he comes down uh, After being introduced by Tony Schiavone And uh, he gets asked about Obviously his involvement in the main event last week He's played that entire room like a fiddle <laughs> And they were happy to play alongside him uh, He talks, uh, does Briscoe about The fact he used to watch Tony Schiavone on a Saturday night Talking to Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair And it feels great for him to be here and be here with Tony And he gets a pop for the arena and he gets a pop for Tony And what have you, um, you know, so he's, like, he's the next Mick Foley In a way, because yeah. Mick Foley was allowed to milk it And they loved him regardless yeah. And Briscoe like, knows how valuable he is That was just lovely He said uh, he came to the aid of FTR and Garcia We fight for our friends and our family uh, But he walked five steps out on that stage And got stomped on by the House of Black Who left him for dead, but he came back And who was standing tall at the end of last week's episode um, You know, that's how we do it You knock us down, we get right back up uh, he says he's had the hardest year of his life after being, uh, for 20 years, one half of the baddest tag team on the planet. He found himself on his own, which was really tough to hear him say out loud yeah. at any time. Um, but he says, knock him down. He gets back up. Shoot him. You better kill him. He's going to fight till he can't fight no more. And then he's going to fight Oh, some my more. God. I shouldn't have watched this just before I was meant to go to bed. Yeah. I was fired up. I was go. fired up when he said that line. It was incredible. He's delivery, man. He's the best. He should not be doing as many jobs as he's no. doing. He's, yeah, world title. Yes, easily. He's, he's, he's incredible. Especially, obviously, you know, don't, you don't want to feel like you're sort of preying on it, but the, his story that, you know, is, I don't know. Anyway, the lights go out. Uh, the House of Black appear on screen. Black says this is very emotional. Uh, he, he loves magic tricks, Sige, uh, especially when magicians make people disappear. That's what they do. Uh, they're going to make Mark Briscoe just disappear just like that, and he clicks his fingers the lights come back on and he's still there. Black says, it's as easy as that. We're in your head. Uh, another crap promo from the House of Black. <laughs> but the uh, permutations of every match are incredible. Um, the only downside for me personally is that the House of Black are a trio. And Mark Briscoe and the Hardy Boys are kind of a trio sometimes. Oh, no. <laughs> no. So I can't imagine Jeff Hardy and Malachi Black. Imagine Matt Hardy and Malachi Black in the same storyline. I shudder at the thought. 
I don't know how you cut a promo as good as Mark Briscoe is and then leave me feeling a little bit apprehensive I'm, afterwards. I'm, I'm doing, doing the surrender surre- cobra. AW surrender cobra of the year. I didn't even think about it as that. Aye. But Mark Briscoe versus Brody King, I will kind of take that on the way. Do you know what I thought it was going to be? A singles match between Mark Briscoe and Malachi Black, but Why? that can't happen. Why would that ever happen? Oh, it can't happen. It could. Yes, it could. It could. Uh, right. You put a guy in a cage match, but he can't do singles. I'm gonna, you sit down and you cross your legs, and I'm going to delete, delete, delete. Oh, God damn it. We get a video package highlighting the Cope Open, uh, and then we're going to hear from him next week. So we'll talk about him on Friday. Yeah, I've got a lot of time now. Uh, Four podcast day of this, yes. and I've been editing, and I've been doing some writing. <laughs> Uh, Serena Deeb. Uh, just the je- the word itself, the words, the name itself. Oh my god! Uh, she uh, she's facing Queen Aminata. Who's too good to be doing too many jobs? Yes, I agree. Um, uh, grounded surfboard stretch gets a near fall with a Gato clutch early on, uh, but Aminata comes back, sends Deeb into the turnbuckle, and hits a vertical suplex for a near fall to take us to break. We come back, Deeb uh, nails Aminata, hits a rolling forearm. Uh, baits her into a neck breaker over the ropes. Swinging neck breaker gets uh, Deeb a two count. Aminata comes back with a headbutt and a hip attack, um, but Deeb avoids the, the charge. Locks a figure four on around the ring post. Uh, Aminata fights out of the detox, Deeb talks again, but Deeb just hit another neck breaker and uh, locked on the serenity lock for the victory. My God. The thing I love about Collision is that you do, well, this week's episode in particular is you get proper technical professional yeah. wrestling. And my God, because again, I don't really dwell on it too much. I'm sick of seeing hybrid stuff, an extraneous chop battle in every single match. Not that there weren't chops here, but just something that's rooted in its own identity and you can master that one genre. I just find it so refreshing when I just see everything all at once in a lot of matches. Watching Serena Deeb, I hate this. I'm going to sound like the worst bad faith old head grifter ever. <laughs> Watching Serena Deeb just expertly time an ankle pick. Yeah. Where it feels like her opponent is in complete trouble at the mercy of someone who can just attack you from any angle and use your momentum against you. Like, that is worth so many more aerials mm. to where I am at where I am at with my fandom right now, and then watch Aminata come back mm. from Serena Deeb wrestling such a great strategic match that she can get you at any moment. You can't even run. Like, you literally yeah. can run, but you can't hide. No, you can't run <laughs> because she'll pick that angle. Yes. She's, her ring awareness is so great. Her agility, her technical prowess. To then, like, it really gets you mm. um, rallying behind the baby face who can sort of thwart that. I thought it was just really strong, mm. like really strong. And uh, Aminata is much better than the Bobby Fish of the six weeks, yes. which she kind of is stuck in right now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, Tony Schiavone introduces uh, the number one ranked contender for the world title, Swerve Strickland, who comes out with Prince Nana, of course. Um, and uh, Shivani reminds us that this coming Wednesday it is the third match between Swerve and Hangman Adam Page. Uh, the winner faces Samoa Joe at Revolution for the world title. Uh, Strickland says it's Black History Month, uh, and he's noble enough to recognize all the people that paved the way for him, the likes of Ron Simmons. He gives a shout-out to Kofi Kingston. And he says, closer to home, the ROH women's champion, Athena, gives her a, a nice mention as well. Um, and he says, pretty soon we're going to add another name to that list. Um, I'm going to have my opportunity to become AW World Champion. I admit, <laughs> I haven't been a saint. <laughs> Hang on one second, there's a button for this. There is a, there is a button. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? But he had to do these reprehensible things to get to this point. Um, Shivani says, what about Paige's claim that uh, you can't beat him without the Mogul Embassy? Uh, and Nana tries to sort of cut him off and, and speak on Swerve's behalf. And Swerve says, no, no, I've got this. Um, he says, look, Paige is a man who's in my way. He's left scars on my body. He's literally made me shed blood and drank it and what have you. Uh, but I've beaten him twice. Third time's a charm. No, I can put Paige behind me once and for all, and I will become black history. Uh, I'll move on to revolution and become champion. Uh, and Nana says, that's right, and we're going to be right there beside the boss. And then Swerve says, no, my old embassy is family and business, but I want no interferences because I want no more excuses, hangman. You'll see him on Wednesday in whose house? Swerve's house. Um, not to sound all like Michael Hamflith, but this is a victory for an understanding of rankings world and a wrestling promotion that prioritizes wrestling. You need wrestling matches. Maybe you need to do a bit better matchmaking because between Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam and going 50-50 with both in small towns that go for more household names. I think the last two weeks, Swerve hasn't felt as big as he could have. If this is your main mm -hmm. event uh, elect, your top star elect, this promo was just incredible. Yeah. He's just the conviction, the belief, yet again, just positioning himself as that person. And as well, like, I don't want to make this a tribalist thing, but Tony Schiavone was so great here. Like, he's not a robot. He's got gravitas. It feels like, you know, the whole idea is they're meant to be like broadcasters slash journals who ask hard-hitting questions, and yet that idea feels so ridiculous now because we've lived through decades of just bland automatons in WWE just saying the questions that no one would ever ask in the most flat delivery. Please welcome my guest at this time. Yeah. Shivani, in the face of a guy who's proven himself to be a bit of a psychopath, 
just very organically, naturalistically saying, well, you know, be that as it may, Swerve, there is the suggestion that you kind of get it done without the Mughal Embassy. Just feels like a real bloke, mm. like a real broadcaster who can ask the questions. That's what they're meant to be. It just doesn't feel that way because WWE have ruined it for 20 years. Yeah. I thought Giovanni's body language and delivery, it just felt like he was in that NWA space station, that mean Hamflick call it. I will become black history, I thought. It was yeah, it's, uh, I, he's just so quotable. What a soundbite. I, like, up until that promo, I thought, yep, they've telegraphed the three-way. They'll probably go to a draw on Wednesday. Nah, I feel like if it's going to be, if it's if the lineage is now going to be Joe to Swerve to Osprey, I think Swerve deserves his one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, we get a video from from after Dynamite with uh, timeless Tony Storm, uh, Mariah May, and Luther. Um, she uh, threatens to well sniff. I think it was yes. Dionna Parazzo, eat her again. All that you know, preposterous language that she uses. And uh, what was the line she used? If you've seen one women's match, you've seen, seen them, them all. all. That's weird. <laughs> uh, Why specify women's match with that? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just a fire back at the critics. I can understand that of just the idiots who are like, well, the women. Ah, she's probably channeling that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, on, especially on a show where you've got. She's meant to be the heel, but it's just not working. You've got Serena Deeb working there. Maybe that's yeah. it, yeah. Um, anyway, she, she instructs Luda to get a Republic workout to show everyone how technical she could be. Um, and she's, a, uh, I think they mentioned this earlier on as well. There's a, a title eliminator on. <laughs> on dynamite against Ray. right. Let me get into this because I was I've been wanting to say this to you all day because I thought of it when I was getting ready this morning. She's booked. Sorry, she's booked in a title eliminator against Red Velvet on dynamite. And I sat there watching the show, and I went, "Oh yeah, there's a Red Velvet match on this show. Yeah. Nothing. It's nothing against Red Velvet or Vertex or anything who's, like who's that. Who's going to win? Yeah, it's the second women's match on the show. Hey. And I was like, oh, "What funny line can I use with Sage?" And I was like, "I was going to say something along the lines of like." At this point, you could just get AI to write uh, or book uh, the women's division to a certain extent. And I went, no, it's it's simpler than that. You could get Microsoft Excel yes. to book That's how he books. the women's division in terms of, yeah. You know, like... Uh, flips the columns and rules, remember? Yeah, but, yeah, but you know, like, uh, back, like, back at school, you'd make those little things where it was like, if... Uh, this box has data in it. Mark this box. This uh, I can't remember something, but it's like it's like if in title in pointless title eliminator, the Tony Storm's clearly going to win to showcase. Oh well, she beat her, and you know Red Velvet challenged for titles before, and she got the title challenge deal across, and that's going to happen. If pointless title challenger on Dynamite, then preceding collision, straightforward victory on collision. Yes, it is when I said. That's a pushback for that tweet. It's dark. Half of it is dark. And maybe in a post-rankings world, it needs to be. And this was still... How could you watch a Red Velvet match after this? I And not go on your phone. I mean, I had to because I analyzed this. Spoiler alert. There was nothing to it. No. As routine as... Here are the moves that Red Velvet can do. Remember them. Because you're going to have to get some drama out of the Storm match. This is just a reminder of what she can do. How we meant to watch this. There no, like you say, no reflection on Red Velvet or Vertivix or any of the women's division, but you are right. I'm watching this. It's half 11 last night. 
Uh, been away for the weekend. Great to see a mate of mine. Took Eric out like out of the city for the first time properly. So all the madness of the weekend then gets crammed into Sunday. I've got to wash his bottles and make sure everything's ready for, for the coming week. Sit down to watch, watch this. Watch a video. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm like, I've forgotten to, me- I've been driving back from Nottingham. So I've got, you know, some mates who've messaged and stuff or talk, chat about the football. We were talking about the football on WhatsApp. For my sins, I was like, uh, watching this match. Okay, let's go. Okay. Okay, let's go. And I go, okay, Vertivixen gets a, a blue thunder bomb for a niffle. And I'd literally run like this. One, two, kick out. Um I just yeah, yeah. Barnet dropped points at the weekend, didn't I? Um and then twenty two points or eighteen <laughs> points clear. <laughs> yeah, eighteen points clear. I think eighteen, nineteen points clear. Might be in with a chance. Uh and Velvet hit running knees to the back, uh hit in the mix and, and got the victory because she's got the eliminator on Wednesday. If nothing else, just put the pre-tape promo afterwards. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I, I still would suspect that Red Velvet was going to win. Mm-hmm. But still. Um, then it was main event time. Yeah. It was FTR and Daniel Garcia versus the Patriarchy. Um, Christian Cage, Killswitch, and Nick Wayne. Um, early on, Nick Wayne starts the match off. Uh, the prodigy himself. Christian Cage. What a great night for him. The commentary putting over, because Christian Cage got some sort of parenting class. Was that just, uh, did I, I mi- mishear that? I think, yeah, I think I it's think just, it a just a bit. But I, was like, I mean, I don't think he's literally yeah, got a parenting yeah, yeah. class. <laughs> but I thought that was a nice little. I, I don't even think he's got a fictional parenting yeah, class. Yeah, I can't remember if I misheard that. Yeah. Or, yeah. Anyway, um, because Shane and Wayne was also out there. Boomy. Uh, <laughs> <A> mother. <laughs> More promo time, please. Anyway, Cage comes in early on. Uh, Dax Harwood catches him, gets three like quick near falls, and he goes, I'm not having that. <laughs> Tags out back out to Nick Wayne, who comes in and just slapped the taste out of Dax Harwood's mouth. And I was like, oh, here we go. And he went, no, I'm going to bring in Daniel Garcia for this. And he does. He takes him down with some shoulder blocks. Uh, Garcia says, uh, sends uh, Wayne and Cage to the floor. And then uh, Killswitch goes to jump in from behind as this is all happening. But FTR come in. And they do the dance as we go to commercial. Uh, when we come back in, uh, it gets to Nick Wayne and Cash Wheeler tagging in. Uh, Cash Wheeler ran wild. Uh, and the announcers are like, they haven't brought Killswitch in at any point. And my brain immediately went, so they lose. And Christian Cage completely blames it at him. Um, so Wheeler, uh, uh, sorry, FDR goes for a spike pile driver. Killswitch interferes. They take him down with a high-low combo. Uh, Wayne comes back with a sunset flip and a code red for some nice near falls. Harwood cuts him off on the top rope, hit a super back suplex for a near fall that Killswitch has to come in and break up. Um, I think this is the spot we were talking about earlier uh, as we were going for coffee or something. Christian hooks Harwood's neck. Oh, my God, the timing of this. Christian Cage has got... So he's on the... He was on the outside... Picking his spots like that crafty <laughs> veteran. Harwood runs the ropes, and then he pops up onto the apron to just get his neck, back of his neck and wrench it against that top rope. And that uh, allows Killswitch to hit a choke slam for a near fall. Great oh, spot. God, Christian Cage is so smart, man. Um, Gets us every time. He's like Tanahashi. Yeah. He makes the simplest things mean more by when he does them. Uh, Harwood sends Christian up and over with a back. heel Tanahashi. Yeah. Back body drop. Wayne comes in. Uh, 
He scores a near fall with a vertical suplex. Harwood comes back with a back suplex, but Cage sends Dax to the floor, who he out there ducks a charge from Luchasaurus, who just nails the uh, the stairs, comes back in, bumps heads with Christian. Um, eventually, they get to their corners. Wayne comes in, so does Garcia. Garcia runs wild. Wheeler cuts off an interfering Christian, dual 10 punches. Uh, Garcia shot Wheeler off into a suicide dive onto Kill Switch. Oh, great. Then hit Just a br- it looked like improvised. Yeah. Like everything felt like an improvised, oh, we've got a chance here. Yeah. Go and get him sort of thing. He hit a brain buster on Wayne for a near fall. Uh, Wayne rakes Garcia's eyes and hit a perfect plex for a two count. He taunts Garcia. Uh, he's paintbrushing him. He's on the ground, paint slapping his face, and Garcia grabs him for a cradle. Uh, also hit a swinging neckbreaker for a near fall. Garcia goes up top. Cage catches him up there. Harwood gets rid of Cage. But then Garcia goes up again, and, and Cage pushes him off the top into a cutter from Nick Wayne. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Awesome. Uh, and then everyone comes in and hits something. It, there's a spear to Garcia and a Wayne's World to Dax Harwood. Uh, in the end, Garcia sidesteps the spear and Wayne's World, catches Wayne with a jackknife pin and gets the one, two, three, and just stares at Christian Cage and his TNT title to close out this show. Do Daniel Garcia versus Nick Wayne in a singles match to build to Daniel Garcia versus Christian Cage. You fail at the last. Yeah. Um, I thought this main event was awesome, like genuinely awesome. And I'll tell you, <clears throat> I saw, again, I saw the time. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. Can you not give that to Danielson and <laughs> Because it was the usual. An hour and 30, and then you hear the music, and it's like, right, you're going 25-minute double-heat FTR trio's main event. How often have we seen this? How many have made a real lasting impression on me? How can I possibly get up for this? How many have felt a bit flabby? Yeah. A bit like they're in there just to prove that they can. Eight minutes of looping structure. I thought this was class. Yeah. And I don't know what it was about this because it's had the same hallmarks. You have the double heat structure, the 25 minutes where you don't necessarily need to do the double heat, just do it once. And so what happens is FTR out-wrestle their opponents. FTR then do some taunt posing exchange. So it was when it was House of Black, mm-hmm. Dax did the double yeah. cross leg. Once against Garcia, or Garcia's involved, they do the dancing. So it's got a bit of a house show flavor. And then the heels cheat, get the heat. Come back, then you get the double heat, then it all explodes and you get that breakdown and you get all that move trade off. It did have that structure. I don't know what I don't know. If Christian Cage is the difference. Mm. I don't know. I don't want to just r- reduce FTR because I thought they were unbelievable in this match. It just felt Daniel Garcia sort of goes without saying. Garcia is unbelievable. His stuff with Nick Wayne was unbelievable. Nick Wayne was really good. He yeah, was class in this match. Christian Cage was just the glue. But like the way it broke down, and when the babyface has got on the comeback, it felt improvised. Like, oh, I've got an opening here. If you shoot through the ropes, you yeah, can get yeah, him out of yeah. the equation. I thought this layout was just so unbelievably clever, and I was so impressed by it because the amount of moving parts in this match was quite incredible. Mm, yeah. Like, I don't... They timed everything perfectly. There was so much stuff in it, and yet it felt like 
oh, go and get him. I'll lift this rope. I'll low bridge you to get out. And you can, like, it was Garcia who lifted it up? Yes. Allowing, like, the low bridge basically. Allowing the wheeler to, yeah. And it was, it also, just to try to cut across no, you there, but it's not just, uh, to use the, the phrase, three interchangeable grey lumps. The team at FTR and Garcia, they're all great, obviously, are facing are bastard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, chief heel git, cut any corner that he possibly could. His prodigy, who also is just a shoot prodigy, and a monster. Yeah. So you have to bat you can't have um have like oh it, who's gonna hit this on? Doesn't matter. It has to be yes. kill switch that Wheeler does that for because we have to get rid you of him. We have to get rid of him. And yeah. And then here comes that little prick, Nick Wayne, who's got all that speed. Yeah. And he's but he's learnt from his dad, so he does the eye rake and now he can hit the pattern. Yeah. yeah. I thought this was absolutely a sensational main event. Um so much thought went into that layout and then nailed every single beat. Really ambitious, really great. I team FTR again this week. <laughs> yeah, me too. Really enjoyable episode of Collision. One of their best matches on Collision. Yeah. I don't think it'll be... I hate, I hate being the contrarian, actually, for these reasons. I've got the correct opinion on why this is a good match. I don't think this will be up there with their most acclaimed efforts, and a cage helps... I, did, I just thought this was mint. Yeah. Absolutely class this match was. Um, let us know your thoughts on the match and on the show on the whole uh, at What Culture WWE on X. Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Lots to get stuck into today. Uh, the Raw preview, of course, with all the fallout from SmackDown. The SmackDown review went into great detail on. Well, everything that happened with Cody Rock and Roman and where we go from here, that is available right now. Um, and, of course, me and Sitch and Hamlet will be here on Wednesday to preview a very exciting episode of AEW Dynamite. But for now, this has been the AEW Collision Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 